Well, there's a brand new groundbreaking cookbook. Comes from our friends at Artscroll. You know the rule. When you go to Artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. When you go to Artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. And this is no exception. You're going to look for a book called Food You Love. It's brand new. Food You Love That Loves You Back. Rory Weisberg is the author in this first-of-its-kind cookbook. Rory Weisberg CHC packs in over 200 recipes, nearly all gluten-free, for the food you and your family already love, transformed to love you back. Plus, must-have health info and tried and true shortcuts that knock stress off its feet. The healthy lifestyle you always thought was out of reach, it's yours, and it's more delicious than ever. All because of the book, Food You Love That Loves You Back. Rory Weisberg, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much. It was so fun to hear you read that. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Well, I mean, you know, I've had some level of popularity over the years, but since I announced that you're coming on, all of a sudden my profile has been increased. (laughs) So Really? Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) Are you kidding? I didn't didn't realize what kind of following you have out there. It's pretty amazing. I'm sure you feel it. And uh, the, the, the book's amazing, over 500 pages and over 200 recipes. And look, I don't mean to be skeptical, but I feel if there's a book that's based Based on um, on healthy food practices and healthy eating, etc., I feel like I have to at least uh, uh, you know ask you certain questions uh, about the um, about the uh, level of of taste and deliciousness that these recipes potentially could have. We are always under the impression that people like me, who you know like good food, are always under the impression that once it becomes healthier, it becomes more difficult to enjoy. What's your response to that? Okay, so I totally get why everyone thinks that, and I used to feel the same way too. I was not always into health. I did not grow up eating this way. I came into this lifestyle out of necessity. I wasn't feeling well for years. After a lot of research and encouragement from my doctor, um, he recommended trying an autoimmune protocol diet, which removed foods that were inflammatory and incorporated a lot of anti-inflammatory foods. I was horrified at the thought of changing my diet to such a great extent, but I really wanted to feel better, and I decided to give it a two-month trial. After three weeks, I felt a huge, huge difference, and I was very motivated but exactly what you said, like, you know, there's a limited amount of time where you could be eating grilled chicken and salad and boring stuff and feeling like you're serving all this good food to everyone else and you can't eat it. And once I really saw the effects, I said, okay, I need to make this a lifestyle. And I am not a chef, but I've always loved cooking. I come from a, you know, a chain of women who were passionate cooks. Um, and I actually started spending some time on secular food blogs, just learning ingredients to swap out and understanding different cooking methods. And then I really just became a math food, you know, scientist, you know, like my sister's like, you just played in your kitchen lab. I threw out pans and pans of food. Thank God all the people in my house were really on board, but very critical. Thank God it was really to my benefit. And they just didn't let me get away with mediocre. And I was like, mm, it's good, mom. And for me, it was good enough. I, you know, as you, um, as you change your eating, your palate really changes. And in general, I happen to like more mild flavor. But I've got, you know, my, my daughter has such a like spicy. She loves bold flavors, you know, and my son and his friends. I've all, you know, I have a teenage, I have the time. I had a teenage son and he would have friends over all the time. And like, I couldn't get away with eh. And uh, it really forced me to get more and more creative and learn how to really create excellent flavor and texture and taste while just swapping out ingredients. 
So what's unique about my book is that you'll find recipes and, and dishes, rather, that are very familiar to you, pulled beef, um, drumettes, hamburgers, chicken liver, capon, beef and broccoli, uh, roasts and briskets and shallant and deli roll and meatballs and potato kugel, latkes, you know, fry, all things that we, we want. But what I did was I figured out with Hashem's help, you know, how to recreate those foods just using better quality ingredients. Right. So the food really is delicious. Right. I, but I got to stop you for a second because I think you alluded to this uh, uh, earlier with your comment, but I, I just want to confirm uh, when it comes to poultry, sure. when it comes to poultry and meat, these adjustments mm-hmm. are a lot easier than when it comes to uh, other types of dishes. I mean, the, the one I have in mind, obviously, is pasta. Uh, but in, in other words, there's right. certain areas of our uh, of our consumption. There's certain areas of our food life uh, where these adjustments are relatively easy. Wouldn't you say that? Where 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 we can uh, you know. Yeah. True. And, and and there are others where it's really hard. But you go ahead and you take on the hard stuff because when I turn to page 148 and I'm looking at macaroni, uh, which is cauliflower mac and cheese, and I've had cauliflower right. pizza, and I don't know if you have a cauliflower pizza in here, but I no, but I, I know, but I, I know, know but I know there are people who you know go out of their way to make sure to have dishes like that, and they're convinced that it's as good as the quote unquote real thing. Is the macaroni cauliflower mac and cheese? something that will resemble real mac and cheese for me? So I'll be, I'll be very honest. Certain things won't resemble it exactly. Like you said, with, with meat, it is easier because you're going to use coconut aminos instead of soy sauce. You're going to use raw honey or like a, you know, apricot, you know, soaked and blended instead of a jam. There's a lot more to do because you still have, you know, meats and chickens are, are they're much easier to take to to bring out a wonderful flavor without using the traditional duck sauce and soy sauce and things like that. So that's a very true statement. So when it comes to the protein, it it is a lot easier. But when it comes to things that incorporate pastas and breads and things like that, I would never say, and desserts. So, well, desserts, I think, fall into different categories. First, let's talk about like pastas and dairy dishes. Those you can't exactly mimic, but you can definitely get a close cousin where you feel like you're having that decadent, cheesy, you know, dish, but it isn't going to have exactly that pasta effect. I'll be very honest. Like there's a dish, I mean, there's an eggplant romantini and people said, oh, wow, does that really taste like a lasagna? I'm like, well, not exactly, but it gives you that feel. And for a lot of people who really are motivated to change your lifestyle that's really what they're missing they they want that Concept. You know, it's funny because your honesty is the best part of this. Because if, if one yeah. will, if one will face up the way you have, will face up to things, and it's not going to be exact. It's not going to be exactly the way you know we remember it in terms of the old dish. Uh, but there's a reason. There's a motivation why one would want to make this exactly. adjustment. Then you know, of course, that becomes a big positive and helps everyone adjust to the new uh, the new type of, of food that's being uh, uh, baked and cooked. Rory Weisberg is with us. The book is called Food You Love That Loves You Back. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Um, all right. So you, we alluded to it before. The, uh, so the, the, the fish and dairy dishes and the, uh, and the pasta dishes um, are, are a bit more difficult to make this adjustment. Now, has your whole family made this adjustment? When, when you're, are your children totally into this? Are, are your children's friends aware of what's going on? If they dare ask you to prepare something for them in your kitchen? 
So my, I think everyone's aware of what I've done at this point. <laughs> um, but I will tell you that, um, I, you know, my kids love my food. I have most of my kids really love healthy food. And at this point, my two older children really on their own want to eat this way. I have a son who's almost 22 years old living in Israel and yeshiva. And he does not have a proper kitchen. He bought himself a burner and a smoothie. And not for any need. He's a barfazam, a healthy boy, feels good. He actually prefers healthier food. And he cooks for himself. I mean, he'll go out, he'll eat whatever he wants. But he actually appreciates that kind of food. Um, I have one of my children is much more of a particular eater and is not a vegetable fan and definitely will not, doesn't go for my healthier desserts as much. So I don't make it an issue. I make him what he likes. I'll buy him regular rugelach for Shabbos. Um, I buy him, you know, whatever he wants. I don't, I do not believe in making it an issue. I think earlier on when I was first learning um, and getting my training, I was more extreme and I was sort of like on a rampage of like, oh my gosh, guys, we were only eating da 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 da. And I really thought that that was not a healthy mindset for kids. Um, so I cook the way I cook. Um, my thing on my food is delicious. When it comes to meals, everyone's super, super happy, including company. I have guests over. Um, I usually get fantastic feedback, like the food is delicious. And I usually get calls after shopping and people telling me, like, I actually felt the difference. I was full, but I didn't feel sick. And they can say that. They, they, and, and they're saying that after one afternoon of eating. Because you said earlier that three weeks after you started this regimen, you felt better. Is that a general, I felt better? or And, and not to pry, and you certainly don't have to give any details, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering if there was a certain, yeah, sure. a certain condition or migraines. Yeah, or, sure. No, no. So, um, absolutely. I, and I talk about this in the book. Um, basically, I had a very um, common condition called postpartum thyroiditis that a lot of women tend to get after pregnancy when the thyroid swings from underactive to overactive. Um, and usually it goes away. Sometimes it lands in one place and then doctors will treat it. In my case, it did not go away. It actually was lingering for five years. But the tricky part was when I was in the underactive state, which is very difficult to treat, um, I was super under. My levels were, like, ridiculously low. But when I was symptomatic of overactive, my numbers were always in normal range. So the doctors really couldn't treat me. So I was just really suffering for five years. And with postpartum thyroiditis and with that swinging of the thyroid, think about it. Your thyroid is your, like, in the t- it, it runs your metabolism, but it's also, like, the thermometer, so to speak, of the house. Right. So sometimes I would be wired and tired. I couldn't sleep for weeks. Other times I could literally fall asleep on the kitchen floor making dinner. Um, it affected so many parts of my system. My, in my boat, my, my joints were achy. It really had a horrible effect on my digestive system and sleep. And I just felt cruddy all the time. So in that case, and three weeks later, overnight and three weeks later, three weeks later, I felt much more regulated. My digestive system improved dramatically. My energy level went up. I, the, the achiness in my joints was much more mild and moving out of going away. some completely gone away. Um, and over time I just felt much, much more energy and I felt like I was coming back to myself and Baruch Hashem, the, the, the jumping eventually stopped is and the, stabilized. And is the gluten free the key to it, or that's just part of it? It's part of it. The gluten free is part of it. Um, it's really incorporating a lot of anti-inflammatory foods. I always tell people that I would say one of the most important um, habits in terms of food is actually, believe it or not, your oils. Um, oils, refined oils, have a really 
play a really un- unhealthy role in our bodies. It causes inflammation, and oil is in everything we eat, from salad dressings to we, we cook everything in oil. So when you're using an inflammatory oil, you're constantly causing inflammation in the body, whereas if you use an anti-inflammatory oil, even if you're cooking the same recipes that include sugar, that include gluten, you're already benefiting your body so much. And, yeah. and in terms of other no, I was gonna, say I, the, and in terms yeah. of other health habits, sleep. I I could tell you right now that when I don't get enough sleep, I can't eat as much variety. I don't feel as well. So I didn't just change my food. I also really put a huge focus on sleep management and really getting to bed early. And I talked about this a lot on my page. I'm a big advocate of really like being responsible about sleep because the way we treat our bodies matter. It really does. And I saw it so clearly. And that means how many hours a night? So I think for most adults, it's seven to eight hours, but it's not necessarily, not all hours are created equal. The earlier part of the night is really the restorative sleep. So I'm, a, I'm really constantly talking about shutting down your, tra- your technology by 9.30. I know that sounds like insane, but shutting down by 9.30, 10 o'clock, winding down without electronics and really getting into bed somewhere between 10 and 11, 11.30 latest because the growth hormone that we produce that actually helps our bodies repair is going to be produced in the hours between 9 p.m. and 1 a.m. only if we're sleeping. So if we're not falling asleep until 12, 1 o'clock, we're getting very minimal of this hormone, whereas the earlier we go to sleep, the more our bodies can repair, and uh, it makes a massive difference. And on so the- I found at a... The guy I'm sorry. Go ahead. And you found... No, I was just going to say that I that in the beginning, I had actually eliminated much more food. When I first started this diet, I didn't eat any grains. I wasn't eating beans. Like, I was, I was basically eating just, you know, protein, vegetables, fruit, healthy fats, you know, some sweet potatoes, squashes, things like that. But the, over time, because I was working on sleep and stress management and gentle movement, I was able to incorporate more foods and... But any time I've been under more stress, like when I was finishing this book or, get, you know, any time I'm not as on top of my sleep, I do notice that foods that otherwise wouldn't bother me start to bother me. So I just, I think that sleep is something that is so important in uh, healing. On the earlier point, what's a good example of an inflammatory oil and what's a good example of an anti-inflammatory oil? Great question. So the very popular oils are the inflammatory oils, the vegetable oils, the canola oils, the safflower oils. Um, even grapeseed oil, they're refined. Um, avocado oil is sort of that in in the middle. It's much, much better. It's less refined and it it has more um, anti-inflammatory benefits, but your best bet for oils is extra virgin unrefined olive oil. It's the oil, you know, that we talk about, we talked about in the Torah, you know, olive oil was the olive was the oil we always used. Similar to, we always ate sourdough bread, like when we go back to basics. But um, olive oil, unrefined extra virgin olive oil has so many polyphenols, so many anti-inflammatory benefits to it. Um, Fat has gotten the reputation of fat makes you fat. Actually, fats are super important for our body in countless ways. It's just the type of fat. And that's that's really what I teach about in the book so much is that it's quality. It's it's not about eliminating. It's about swapping better options. Another very healthy fat is uh, unrefined extra virgin coconut oil. 
Interesting. Um, I mean, the point you're making, I, I just can't, I, I can't stop uh, uh, focusing on it because when you look at your breakfast section, you can have pancakes, muffin, pudding, ice cream, smoothies, etc., and all yeah. all the breads you'd ever want are here. Uh, some of them right. may be grain free, right. some of them may be made with spelt. Uh, obviously, many of them mm-hmm. gluten free. Um, all the soups you would want, the fish and dairy dishes, even the dips and salads, which have become such an important part of a, of of the Jewish lifestyle these days, especially on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. You, you've got a whole bunch um, the, yep. be, between the uh, chimchuri and the matbucha and the olive dip and the and the hearts of palm dip and so many and the guacamole. It, it looks like there's nothing missing from the basic no. diet of a kosher family here. Uh, I, That's I wa- exactly what I wanted to show. Yeah, I wonder. By the way. It always seems to me that when it comes to food, because we're so traditional and we have such a heritage and every family has their own lineage when it comes to, to food items, especially Shabbos and Yontif. I wonder if our community responds to these types of changes at a much slower pace than others. Are we now catching up to the general community when yeah. it comes to this type of healthy eating as opposed to being trailblazers? Yeah, I mean, we're for sure not trailblazers, that's for sure. <laughs> but I can tell you that I, I've been on this journey for about 15 years. Um, before I even had the thyroiditis, I, I definitely always had a sensitive stomach. So I, I learned about gluten-free. I was, I've been gluten-free for 16 years. I didn't know anything about the effects of corn and soy and refined oils. That was all things that I learned later on. But when I went just plain old gluten-free and I knew no better than to just, okay, great, there I'll just eat tapioca rolls and I'll just eat you know, potato starch matzah, great, it's gluten-free, um, there was almost nothing on in the kosher market. So there, the, the, the kosher world has evolved tremendously. There's much, much more awareness. Um, and I, But I do think that something that I, I, I definitely wanted to make sure that I mentioned on this call that I, I think relates to this question, but I think it's so important, I really believe in going slow. Um, and I think that people are very overwhelmed and intimidated by the thought of changing their diet this book is not meant to be like a, a guide in the sense of do this and just completely change your life. For people who are celiac or meta, have metabolic issues or diabetes, this book is literally can be that for them it can be a guide. And I, I just had a woman message me the other day. She's like, my husband's diabetic. I have PCOS. She goes, this is the Bible. Like this book is going to be our go-to. Like this has changed our life. And I'm so grateful to be able to help those people and I wanted to be that person because I, I just kept saying, had I had this book seven, eight years ago, and someone would have said, here, that's it. I would have been like, wow, this is so doable. So I want to be that for other people. But for people who aren't symptomatic and who don't have these major issues, I think so many of us today understand that the way we take treat our bodies matters. And I think all of us, you know, we know it's better to eat healthy. It just feels so unattainable. So the goal of this book for everyone else is to show you how to implement, to just create a little bit more balance and options. So make your regular food menu, have your cheesecake, have your pasta, have whatever else you're going to make. But you know what? Throw in one, a couple of salads, try a fish, try a vegetable side dish, maybe make my cheesecake and another cheesecake. And, and see how your family responds to it. The other thing I would mention is don't make speeches. When a mother gets to walk, you know, brings a dish to her Shabbos table and she goes, guys, this is cauliflower fartful. What do you think her kids are going to say? Like, ew, right? But if she just serves it along with 
everything else he normally serves. You want to serve your luxury kugel and your potato kugel and your apple kugel and your ba 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 ba, and also serve this and just be quiet. Just put it on the table, and you might be surprised the people that try it and don't even know it's cauliflower. It's like it's the one one with one of the few vegetable side dishes that my son, who's like doesn't like vegetables, he loves it. It just it has a great flavor, and he does. I don't you know we don't. Speak about the fact that it's cauliflower. It's just one of the things that are on the table. Right. So I, I think it's just to create balance. I'm amazed at how many teenagers, those in their 20s uh, as well in our community, are 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 respond are not just responding, but are taking on this whole gluten free approach. Are responding yeah. to it and are and are declaring how much better they feel. Now, frankly, you know, people who are in their 20s, <laughs> as far as I remember from years ago, you know, you always feel pretty good. I mean, after all, you're at the peak of your physical right. physical strength, and yet they say to me that uh, you know so many things that they felt they had or burdens that they had health wise have been eased by this move. Does that surprise you? Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't because, and I've explained this to my dad, he's also like, well, what happened to gluten? When I was growing up, there was no such thing as a problem with gluten. Right. So, but here's the thing. Our food supply has dramatically changed in the last, like, 15 years. Basically, all flour in this country is genetic, or unless it's organic, is genetically modified. Um, Our, the the food supply has been so refined and changed that our bodies are really responding. Also, we eat so much more processed food today than we ever did. And I think our bodies are really, really responding. Like I know all of the flowers, most, most of the flower that I get um, with the exception of one um, is, is from out of the country because I find that there's, the pesticides and the chemicals that are allowed in the F- under FDA are legal in other illegal in other countries. So they're actually banned. So certain chemicals that are in our processed food, other countries consider them poison, like illegal. So I think that that's also what just it's the it's the amount of uh, tampering that our food supply has had and the load that we're having. Wow. So, yeah, people are seeing a big difference. Is that what prompted you to uh, essentially found your own line of, of flour and, uh, and accessories? So, for me, it was really, um, there was there was a, a lack. You know, I found that, you know, when they, like you said, that bread, um, meats, side dishes, even the desserts. I could work with almond flour. I learned how to work with nut butters, fruits, you know, honey, things like that. I could do those things. But bread is a huge staple of life, but just a huge staple in our lives as Jews. So for the first six months that I was doing this, I actually did not wash. I spoke to my Rav. He said, you know, just don't wash right now. So I didn't. And I actually really felt so bad not washing. Like I missed benching. I actually went through a period of time where I would just read it in English. (laughs) So it just felt so weird not washing at the Shabbos table. And then what's very interesting is, um, you know, I, I couldn't find a, a gluten-free bread I could eat because they all had sugar and they were full of starches, even like tapioca starch and potato starch, which did not agree with me and doesn't agree with a lot of people with digestive issues. Um, and so I, and the masa is like, oof, so gross. So I, um, I actually got a, a recipe from a neighbor who sent her husband was celiac. I tried it. No one really liked it. It was like, eh, very dense. And I just, I was determined, I, and I, I literally probably played with that recipe for, I don't know, 30 attempts, just changing it and trying different flours and researching. Um, and what I realized was sifting the flour really helped different ratios, mixing the flour before adding the wet ingredients. I got it down to 
you know, Baruch Hashem, a great recipe. One week I came to the Shabbos table, and my family, they were so involved in this entire process. They are my taste testers and my biggest critics and fans, <laughs> and they were like, Ma, this is awesome. Like, my son took it to Yeshiva, and his friends were like, What's this? this is just great bread. And we were like, okay, we have a winner. Um, at that point, I was coaching. I just started, and um, a number of my clients would give the recipe to them, and they are like, you're not. Like, there's no way I'm sifting seven ingredients, then mixing it, then adding, like, no. And um, actually, a very good friend of mine, Dini, um, who's like a wig, uh, makes a lot of wigs, her husband has celiac. She's a very busy working woman, and she said, Lori, do me a favor. Make me the blend, and then I'll make the challah at home. I want to make my own challah, but just make me the blend. And she told other people, word spread, and I started making 10 bags in my dining room table. Then it turned to, like, 50, 70, 100 once I was making over 100 bags, I was like, I need to stop. Like, this is out of control. And that's how I, Baruch Hashem, Hashem led me to the company, the, 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 you know, the company that ended up becoming my manufacturer and figuring that whole piece out. Um, and then they were manufactured and sold in stores. And it just evolved. Over time, I realized that there were people that gluten-free bread was great, but the carb load, let's say people with diabetes or metabolic issues, they needed a lower-carb option. And that's how I came up with the low-carb and then the grain-free and then the Pesach blend and then learning about sourdough. So my goal, I, I don't believe in a one-size-fits-all for anything, for sure not for bread, for sure not. You know, we all have to really implement what works for us. And that's why I have, you know, four different bread mixes that each can be made, you know, multiple ways for different dietary needs. Pretty amazing. So, yeah, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Sure sounds like it. Rory Weisberg is with us. The book is called Food You Love That Loves You Back. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio for your discount and, of course, free shipping. Make sure to use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Are you a, um, uh, would your family say you're, you're, you're great to be out with at dinner or not great to be out with at dinner? <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you eat when you're outside? Oh, great, what, what do you eat when you're outside the house? Yeah, no, I, so I've gotten classier about it. I used to like grill the waiter in front of people and they go, ah, my family hates it. No, I learned, I learned how to order out. You know, I definitely find that, you know, I've become a pachach. I can't eat in the cheaper restaurants, like being cheaper in the sense of when the food costs less, there's right. a reason. Right. Um, I recently, about six months ago or so, I went out with my kids. We went to like one of these burger kind of places and I got grilled chicken. I literally was like, felt like I was being stabbed <laughs> the rest of the night, like so much pain. Um, you know, thank God, like I'm fine the next day, but, or two days later, but, um, so I, I, I tend to only do well with like better quality restaurants, most of them are using better oils. I find for me the oil will bother me even if I'm getting, let's say, chicken or vegetables and salads. Um, I'm finding, and again, some of the better restaurants will offer things like quinoa or sweet potatoes, but typically it's limiting. Um, I'll get protein and vegetables for the most part. It's not my favorite thing to do. I'd much rather you know, go on a hike or go bowling or go out, you know, and do something else. Like I'm going to the Each Every Boat concert this week because that's like a fun way to go out and have fun with people in my life. I'll go out, but I do find there are some restaurants that are, you know, offering better, um, healthier options. Also, I teamed up with Hava Java here in Muncie because this was such a, it was such a loss to not be able to just go out and enjoy and feel good when you leave. Um, so we actually created a parallel menu in Have a Job. We've got about, I don't know, 25, 30 Rory recommended dishes. All my recipes, you can find most of them in the book. 
and they actually serve them there made exactly the way that I make them at home. Huh, and that has been a game changer. The, <laughs> yeah, list, the, really list, the list on page 14 of stuff you need in your kitchen, is this unique to you or this would be th- this could be in any cookbook in terms of the uh, the different items and the different, um, uh, uh, you know, accessories that one needs in order to, to, to start cooking? Right. Thank you. Great question. So actually, this was a really important resource in the book. There's a few really important resources in the beginning. So, you know, the basic things like, you know, glass pots, pans, and mixers, those things I basically just listed because I find them to be important tools. But when it comes to the ingredients on page 16, uh, 15 through 17, that's really unique to this book. And that can be a really big game changer. If someone gave me this list, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, this is gold. Like, this is seriously, like, telling you how to turn your, you know, revamp your kitchen so you have the tools you need. There's also a QR code on page 17 um, where you can literally watch me in the grocery store showing you how to pick out the best squash, what a jicama is versus a rutabaga versus a kohlrabi, like things, vegetables, people don't even know what they are. So I introduce them to you how to read food labels, what to swap with what. So that, that's, there's a really great, you know, tools in there. Um, the next section on page 20, I call macros and menus. And in there, I share the importance understanding your macronutrients, different, different food groups, and how to combine them for what I call the full effect. Um, a lot of times when people are changing their diet to eat healthier, one of the biggest complaints I hear constantly is I'm constantly hungry, like I'm right. not full. Right. And we're called full and free, right? The feel full yeah. with ingredients, free from ingredients that don't support your health. So there's a huge focus here on learning how to eat the healthy foods in the right combinations to actually feel satisfied. Um, and then once you learn that information, I actually give you menu planning ideas on how to build those macro meals. That's what I call them. Um, and there's Yankee's menu planning and Pesach menu planning. And there's also a QR code on page 21 where I show you in my kitchen how to turn your fridge into a pantry, where I literally show you like all these different like little time-saving tricks and hacks that I've accumulated over the years just to make it more doable because it is a lot of work. That, that I can't deny. Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, there's no rice in the book, right? There's no rice. No, there is. Rice I incorporate. I do incorporate all the gluten-free grains like gluten-free oats, rice, quinoa, buckwheat, um, all of the starchy vegetables. And what's interesting in the in the starch section in the sides, um, I actually put the recipes in the order of lower glycemic starches to higher glycemic starches. So for people who do have metabolic sensitivities or issues, diabetes, whatnot, they can, you know, follow along with the earlier recipes. Like that'll be a lower, a lower carb, so to speak, lower glycemic starch to higher glycemic. So so potato dishes, sweet potato dishes. All right. So celery root rice is not a replacement for rice. It is simply an enhanced or a different type of rice. So celery root rice is definitely doesn't have the same flavor as rice, but it gives you a similar feel. One of the things that people really um, feel limited when they change their diet, especially if they have a diabetic issue or blood sugar issue, is they, they feel the loss of having that three components on a plate, right. you know, like a full plate look. Uh-huh. So if let's say it's Shabbos and you're having your bread, so for anyone who is sensitive to carb load, um, 
which is a lot of the clientele I work with. I really specialize in, in people with metabolic issues, some of PCOS and diabetes and whatnot. Um, if they're having their challah, even if it's their gluten-free or their sourdough or whatever, it's really too much of a carb load for them to also then have rice or potato kugel. I want to teach them how they can have that full plate look with just incorporating different vegetables, but like it's boring to just have green and green. So there are so many options in there where you can make a beautiful plate. So you have like your protein and then you have the celery rice and string beans, carrots and wax beans, or you can have what I call my cabbage confetti with a side of broccolini. You have that feel and that texture variation and color variation that makes you feel like you're having that full meal like everyone else. So there's a, there's a lot of that in the book too. And again, it's, it's personal. That's, a, that's not yeah. a necessity for everybody. You have a gluten and grain-free Shabbos lunch, which includes gluten-free chalent, grain-free chalent, a deli roll, butternut kishka, grain-free kishka, a mini grain-free chalent add-on, and it's and, and based on what you write here, uh, you, you're you're sticking to your guns in terms of uh, the guests would not even know that these are grain-free or gluten-free, correct? Yeah. So it was funny. We were in, we were in a meeting in my son's yeshiva this week, and the rabbi says, uh, "He talks about the book." Yeah. He goes, "That that gluten free chalet. So that that healthy chalet. It really tastes as good." So I turned to my husband. He goes, "What's the healthy chalet?" I'm like, "The chalets I make every week." He goes, "Oh yeah, you'd never know the difference." So it was really cute. The grain free one, yes, it doesn't. It again, it's similar to what we said about the macaroni. It's going to give you that chalet feel, but it's completely vegetables and protein. Right. So gluten-free, you make it, no one would know the difference. Pretty amazing. Uh, you know, you do give credit, as many uh, cookbook authors do, to the prior generations who, uh, I guess, helped you, you know, in the kitchen or certainly got you into the... Yeah. Uh, but I, I would I would bet that, that prior generations in your family and most families did not cook like this. And that, yeah. and that you had to make a lot of adjustments, especially if you're crediting, as I see you do with some of them, crediting some of the recipes to your grandmother. Would she recognize the... Mm-hmm. the, the would she recognize the dish as you've adjusted it? Um, they look very similar. <laughs> she she gets a kick out of me. She really does. Ken her. She's alive, Baruch Hashem, and well. And I went to go visit her. I brought her a book before it was out in the stores. And I showed her her recipes. So, you know, let's say, for example, her chocolate mousse. It looks exactly the same as her chocolate mousse. But instead of margarine, I used unrefined coconut oil. Instead of 45% chocolate, I'm using 72. Instead of a cup of white sugar, I'm using a quarter to a half a cup of coconut sugar. And it was just getting the technique right to make it work. And it's beyond decadent and delicious. It's actually my favorite thing in the entire book. Um, So, yeah, it's like taking her inspiration and saying that was something we all loved. Here's a recipe that's got a lot of things that I don't want to eat, but I miss this food. How can I make it work? And that went on in many you know, for many of the recipes, it was just figuring out how to take the same traditional favorite and making it with ingredients I love my body back. Well, it's pretty amazing. The list is incredible. Usually we spend more time on the specific recipes, but I think people are getting the idea here that this is not just a recipe book. It's an entire concept and a life-changing experience. In fact, folks, you can get more information at fullandfree.com, full and the letter N, free.com. Again, fullandfree.com. And all the products that we mentioned or at least alluded to, including that flour blend, are available there on the website. Plus, of course, uh, the brand-new book is uh, on the Artscroll website. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code RADIO. Rory Weisberg's brand new one is entitled Food You Love That Loves You Back. Food You Love That Loves You Back. And and Rory, if someone's serious about 
about this, you would say to them, give it how much time? Like, if you're really serious about this and you're ready to make the changes slowly, as you suggested, you would say to them, don't get frustrated because the first how many days or weeks will be a, a little bit of a challenge. So I would say the first three days, you're not going to be happy. <laughs> like you're <laughs> going to feel hungrier. You're going to, your, your cravings are still the same. So what I recommend is just allow yourself to eat more, just eat the right, eat not the right, but just eat more, more of these foods. If you need to eat six meals a day, cause you're just so hungry, go for it. As time goes on, your hormones will adjust and your hunger level will stabilize and your cravings will diminish. So you'll see that you'll, I mean, I've seen it over and over. You'll, you'll definitely, um, by day five, you should start feeling like a big decrease in cravings. By 10 days, most people start to really see some changes and improvements. I would say by three weeks, you should be seeing significant change. And by six weeks is when people start to say, oh my gosh, like I really am feeling a difference. Frankly, that's not a lot of time. If you, I mean, in the scheme of things, it's a, it's a pretty reasonable amount. Yeah. It's not like you're waiting a year yeah, to see a difference. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty amazing. I will tell you, though, that, you know, th- th- I've been trying to create a toolbox for a while. You know, I was coaching clients for years and feeling like there was so was so much to teach and there was so much to share that I was it was so much work to work with each person. And for the last year and a half, I stopped coaching to really focus on building tools. So you know, my products are definitely helpful to people. But creating this book and all the resources in this book and updating my website and sharing more information there has been a very, that was like the foundation step. Mm. But my next project to really help people make it a lifestyle, I'm working on now creating courses, very affordable, you know, really just where I'm teaching the foundation and understanding the science behind what I'm teaching. So I'm not just telling you what to do. You're, you're going to understand it and a lot more how to. Um, so I'm hoping that those courses will be available somewhere between, you know, early winter, like Hanukkah time, if not before. Um, and I think that that can really help people um, incorporate changes slowly. And, and once I have all that said, I'm, I would, I really hope to get back into coaching because that's really what I love to do the most is to really work with an individual and really help them make those changes. Um, and, and make them slowly because, you know, slow and steady wins the race. That's, that's what I've seen over and over. I can only imagine. And it must be an amazing feeling when you see someone succeed at this. I can only imagine. Uh, li- living full and free with Rory. The book is called Food You Love That Loves You Back. Art Scroll's got it. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Congratulations, Rory Weisberg, on the book. Really Thank interesting you. interesting conversation because uh, the the entire, uh, I, I guess we'd call it industry uh, that you've created, the uh, all the awareness that you've brought to the community, all the uh, uh, incredible suggestions you have for people are, are life-changing suggestions and uh, can really help people feel a lot better. And what's better than waking up in the morning and just feeling good you know what i mean <laughs> i really hope so that's that's really i just want to give back you know i didn't say it in the very beginning but when i was really really not feeling well at one point i remember just i made a i, I made a promise to hashem i said you know hashem if you help me feel better i will devote my life to helping others and really this is all my way of just saying thank you Tashan, because it's, it's such a gift and i know without a shadow of a doubt there is no way i could have come up with my flour blends or even these recipes. Sometimes I say to my husband, I feel Hashem with me in the kitchen. Like what made me think to do that? 
So it's really been an amazing journey, and I just I'm, I'm so happy to help people. It just it, it never gets old when I meet someone in the grocery store or I get a message from someone, and they tell me how much it helps them. I am truly overjoyed every time. Amazing! <laughs> awesome. Congratulations, Mazel Tov on the book. A pleasure speaking to you this morning. Thank you, thank you. It's so nice to speak to you. Have a wonderful day, Rory Weisberg. Everybody, check out the book "Food You Love That Loves You Back." <laughs> Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio, and thanks for tuning in to JM in the AM.